Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. It is December 13th, 2022. Uh, pretty good stretch of games this week by our New York Knicks, winning four in a row since our last episode. Well, actually, three in a row since our last episode. So the vibes are uh, they're, they're pretty good this week, if I do say so myself. Before we discuss further, though, hop on over to our website, nick-ish.com, and cop yourself some Nickish gear to wear this winter. We got hoodies, crewnecks, hats, and snapbacks all available for order now. If you have any questions, DM us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Now bringing in my man Nafi. What's going on, bro? How you feeling? Feeling all right, man. I feel like crisis averted, right? I feel like it was like a complete 180 from the, the tenor and tone of our last pod. But uh, it's been a good week to be a Knicks fan. I feel like it's been rare to say that this season. But uh, excited to talk about it. Happy to be here. How you doing, Faiz? Uh, I'm going to sidestep from the doom and gloom for once this week. You know, feeling good, feeling great. Four-game win streak, longest of the season. Not too much bad things to say about the team right now, even though we'll get into it, but a few easy wins against a few, you know, broken-up teams. But uh, I'm not going to be too much doom and gloom. Yeah. Um, say that now, but uh, you got some news and notes to hit on, so that might just bring some doom and gloom, right? Just so, about to say. Just I'm topsy, topsy, to topsy-turvy yeah. season, to say the Yeah, least. I mean, that's just the nature of, like, just a Tibbs coach team, bro. But, uh, yeah, just mention news and notes. You want to fill our listeners in? Just like a quick, tidy roundup of what's going on this week as far as news. Yeah, I mean, a few games back we saw Obi go out, and uh, I think they said that they're going to reevaluate him about like two to four weeks, and uh, I think it's like a, a, a right foot, like a right fibula fracture or something. So uh, Obi we know is out no matter what. He's not going to be playing games this week or probably even next week either but uh, we did see Jalen uh, go down in the last game he didn't play the fourth I believe and uh, he's questionable for tomorrow's game against the Bulls uh, with a contused right foot uh, we did get to see the Knicks holiday picture and we saw <laughs> the, the walking boots <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about what else we saw but we saw the walking boots on OB and Jalen Brunson we'll, we'll focus on that and um uh, we did see Mitchell Robinson limping <laughs> limping in the last game. You know, it's like Nafi was saying offline. He always has those falls, and then you see it, and you're like, fuck, he's he's out. He's out. But, you know, he, he mustered through. He played through the game, and he, he came back, and he was looking good. So That boy Mitch needs some milk. <laughs> you're talking about milk in the holiday party. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying there's uh, some milkman on a team you could probably get that from. The suppliers. That's <laughs> For, for our listeners, I don't yeah. know what we're talking about. It's a beautiful, warm, uh, immaculate vibes from a holiday picture our team had took. And, you know, everybody looking song. happy. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Seasons nothing to greetings. notice. Good time. Not, yeah. Nothing stands out. Not, you know. Yeah, something, I mean, something didn't seem quite right in that picture, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. For, to to be honest with you, our starting point guard and our young power forward both got walking boots. That's what pissed me off that. about that picture. I don't know what else y'all are talking about. It just <laughs> offended me and my sensibilities. Like, but nah. Uh, <laughs> good, good, uh, good roundup of the news, Faiz. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I mean, we do have a little bit, a little bit more outside outside of the injury reports. We have been seeing ah. some stuff floating around. Trade rumors have been swirling. It's um, always fun. Uh, 48 hasn't played basically all season after Tibbs uh, took him out of the rotation. And 
Cam Reddish is also out of the rotation. So those names have been floating. I think there was a Shams report. Talk, it was mostly like a Lakers-focused report talking about Bogdanovich on the Pistons and Fournier and uh, Reddish. But those names have been swirling and heating up in, in, in like a, a trade talk. So there have been potential packages being thrown back and forth, I've seen. Bet. And I also heard that um just like a f- certain members of the Cam Hive delegation, they're like, working on a conspiracy to like commit an assassination attempt on Tibbs for like Cam not being in rotation but I'm trying to I'm trying to confirm that with my sources somehow this is quickly's fault somehow quickly did this I mean that's what the Cam Hive says but you know like I'm not gonna argue with them folks but uh nah I mean the Cam news is very disappointing Mo I'll I'll throw to you just as like your initial reactions but that's my first takeaway from like obviously the, the injury news are bummers but just Cam going from like what seemed like a certified piece for us to a to trade bait once again. It sucks, but uh, that's the nature of the biz, right? But yeah, Mo, how you feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, it looks like based on what Faiz is saying and based on what we're seeing, the writing's on the wall for Cam Reddish's tenure with the Knicks. So it is it is a bummer. I mean, he's still so young and he has the tools to be an effective player. Um, but I think it's just another year, another young player that we as fans want to see thrive with, with our team that's going to end up on another team. And, you know, it would have felt differently if the Knicks weren't winning. But the fact of the matter is that I'm not saying it's because of Cam. Obviously, there are a lot of factors. But without Cam on the without Cam on the rotation, we're still winning games. And mm-hmm. obviously, there were games that we won, like like the first game um, where he hit that, that game-tying buzzer beater. Um where he was an effective player that got us W's, but we were a struggling team and the rotation was not tight. And Tibbs, that's that's the biggest shift that he made. He tightened up the rotation, nine-man rotation. Everyone knows their role. Uh, with Cam, he was the guy who knew his role the least. I mean, was he a starter? Was he a six-man? Was he a, a tenth-man? He was, he was basically all three throughout the first 25 or so games of the season. So the fact of the matter is that he knows his role, and right now it's not with the Knicks, unfortunately, as, as, as hard as it is to say. Um, but he is going to be a good trading piece, and uh, not everyone can be on, on the rotation, but hopefully you know, it works out for him. I mean, it definitely has been frustrating to see his name being swirled around, and, like, it's all rumors at the end of the day, but, like, you know, a lot of rumors coming out with, like, Quickly's name being involved, like, that's all frustrating. I know we don't like getting in too much into rumors and gossip, but, like, even the packages that they're, like, potentially saying are going to come back, like, players like Patrick Beverly, like, what, what, why do we even need that? Like, what does that... Like, I thought we are trying to cut the point guard rotation, but instead we're going to bring someone in like that. Like, the whole reason we got... Like, we gave up a first-round pick for Cam, so it's, like, really frustrating that this front office has been so... Not the front office, I would say. Maybe more Tibbs has been so adamant against Reddish, especially when I felt like he earned Tibbs's respect later on, especially in this season. So the whole situation has been frustrating, but I don't want to shit on Tibbs too much because, like, he's been... He really changed up. Like, these last four games, like, I remember when we were talking about the Cavs game, we weren't feeling too confident and too great because we didn't really see a, a big change. But then... Over the last three games, we did. I did notice some some differences. We'll probably get into it a little bit later, but like, you know, it, it's been frustrating to see the way Reddish has been delegated, especially when he brings something to the table that nobody else on this roster does in terms of just natural. I know like the word is bad, but you know, it's a it has a, a weird connotation. But like, he's just a hooper. You know, like being able to like do the things he does. There's like no one else who's as fluid as him on the team. So I wish we could really find and carve out a role for him, but. It's like Mo said, you know, it, it seems like the role wouldn't be won't be with the Knicks. I think like this whole Cam situation is something that like it's 
we talk about like the topsy turvy season, and it's almost cyclical in how like these narrative narratives in relation to the Knicks like work. Because in the summer, I feel like a lot, it was like that divide, the great Cam versus Grimes divide. You know what I mean? It's just like Grimes would fit into the starting lineup, but he would make Cam obsolete. Level-minded people were just like, nah, keep both in the rotation and get Evan out. Well, now Grimes is in. We see he's bounced back from his foot injury. And I think that Grimes that kind of really like popping so far this week, and especially since he's gone back and been getting more minutes, I think that in itself, like, it validates, like, Cam not getting the time. Because the thing with Cam is, yeah, we've seen flashes of, like, good D and him showing, like, like if he bought into it, he could be that optimal or ideal 3 and D guy. But there's also those moments where we saw, like, oh, Cam, like, you can see the internal dialogue. No, it's Cam's time right now. It's, it's my time to take this shot. I'm going to take over. You don't see that with Grimes. Grimes fills in as, like, that floor spacing, like, wing, 3 and D wing. He'll pass the ball. He's not, like, trying to cook dudes when he does take dudes off the dribble. He attacks closeouts or, like, it's always off a swing or a fake. You know what I mean? It's like he's filling that ideal role that, you know, Cam – like like we said, or like I referred to him as like an enigma, he would bring these amazing flashes, but I don't think, I think Grimes is playing the type of 3 and D role best suited for the roster we have, and that's what makes Cam like, not obsolete, but just like, that's, to me, that's like the basketball reason why Tibbs would like keep him on ice, and it just goes back like, just like one last note on the Cam thing, it's almost like going back to last the season when we traded for Cam, it was like we flipped an an asset, quote unquote, Knox that had depreciated for an asset that, looking at it right now, it seemed like they wanted to build back up to flip for more assets. And looking at it pragmatically, the process worked out in that regard for the front office, right? Because like, what 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 were we saying? Like, if 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 Cam hits, it's a huge upside win for us. But if we could flip him for more assets, then that's what it, the deal really boils down to. And Cam Hive may not like it, and as fans, we do get attached and have our favorites on the team, but that's just what it seems like. It just seems like it'll work out ideally with Tibbs. You know, we've got our qualms with Tibbs, and the front office wanted to see what what Tibbs could do with Cam. It didn't work out. He's about to be an expiring contract. Let's see what we can get. And, yeah, the Lakers seem to be connected with them. I know there was, like, a a rumored deal last trade deadline, right, where it was, like, a a three-way Raptors, Lakers, Knicks kind of thing. Cam would go to the Lakers or some shit like that. Y'all remember that? So, I don't know. Some shit like that could probably happen again, but... It sucks, man. I mean, we was uh, I was I was thinking RJ Cam be the new Scotty and MJ, but uh, Clutch Clutch eh. wants to bring Clutch yeah. wants to bring their guy home, you know. So. The other thing is that like there's very li- there's so much little there's so little room for error or for Tibbs' mm-hmm. part as a head coach because any mistake from his end could lead to him getting fired. So with with Cam, he's a prime example of someone just inconsistent. I think the last game he played, he did like three turnovers in a row. Like that's something that that cost him the game. I think I, I don't remember what game it was. But like things like that, Tibbs can't literally can't afford to have mistakes like that made because it's going to come out of his own expense. And Grimes, for the most part, his shots aren't falling. But as a player, you kind of know what to expect, and you, he can be consistent. He can be within his role. Cam is kind of just all over the place. Where his role, like I mentioned earlier, is just he doesn't really have one. He, he's kind of he's just all over the place. So yeah, and that's that's what we saw in the in the four game win streak right now. Just Tibbs tightening up the rotation and trying to carve out a role per player, and that's something that we didn't see the first twenty or so games. It wasn't clear on who's doing what, but now we kind of have an idea that we're going back to what Tibbs. We're going back to Tibbs' bread and butter, just emphasizing defense, heavy minutes on your main players, and uh, just trying to get Randall back into twenty twenty Randall. And that's, I mean, that's and what he's, we're 
you know, knock on wood, but he's looking like at least offensively, it's looking better than that season. And that season, like it was like there was a caveat that like you know he's he's really just like thriving and eating off of really tough shots and like half empty or seventy five percent empty arenas. Like it's going to carry over. It didn't carry over last season. This year, it's like oh wait no, he's actually looking like you know what I mean, like what he was in empty arenas. Especially this week, and like I think his like true shooting percentage is like career high or like the highest it's been in like five years. And with the offensive load of Randall carries, bro, like I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to get to you know giving him his flowers later. I, ironically and surprisingly enough, knowing how we are about the, this guy, but yeah, I mean, y'all want to get into like this this win streak, like pros and cons, because I think we hit on a lot of or like over like an overview of kind of like the pros. And I think the main thing, like like you had mentioned, Mo, is just like defense. <clears throat> Sorry, defense seemed to have picked back up just because of these rotational fixes. He tightened the rotation. And he's putting in like Deuce and Grimes, dudes that like embrace being embrace the three and D like ar- archetype. You know what I mean? And that has a trickle down effect because when you put the players in the right roles, the whole system likes like flows better you know what i mean so defensively it just seems like communication is better there's still like individual efforts probably like you know rj like specifically where like his off-ball defense is still ass and that boy cannot navigate around the screen you know what i mean uh, it's a, i don't know what to do about that like but yeah no it's i think we're like what ninth in defensive efficiency and that's the beauty and curse of like small sample sizes because we was like pissed about how the defense was looking like a week and a half ago to this season so far and now we're like we're in top 10 in these metrics like you know it's like every year we forget that like we get amnesia it's just like don't be so quick to be like a rash you know what i mean but yeah it's it's not much to complain about but yeah i'll let y'all hit on it like obviously that's the main pro like defense but like, anything else you want to add I mean, I will say, like, a lot of those negative criticisms that are coming about the defense, like, the statistics were matching the eye test. Now we're seeing the statistics match the eye test again in terms of, like, the the efficient lineups. And we're seeing Tibbs evolve a little bit. And I wouldn't say, you know, evolving is the wrong word, but maybe a little bit more of a sidestep, like, back into, like, what you guys were saying, what he's more comfortable with. But it it is definitely an evolution because we're seeing different lineups being used. And I feel like the main part is the utilization of Randall and understanding that maybe this guy doesn't like playing defense but surrounding him around a lot of other defensive minded players maybe will uptake his defensive like uh contribution so we've seen an uptick of minutes like grimes is, is the starter now grimes is starting and that's a huge piece uh defensively even though maybe some games offensively he might not fully be there because the three three hasn't been falling for him but uh you'll see like a lot of rotations where like uh Randall is left in the lineup and Deuce will come in, Grimes will stay. So we're optimizing the defense for Randall and then we're seeing him contribute a lot more to that. So uh, I love I love the addition of Deuce back in the in the rotation. It's so crazy. We were talking about it offline, but it's like uh we were so enamored and focused on Obi's minutes, IQ's minutes that we didn't even think that Deuce could be someone who cracks the rotation and gets minutes, but you know it's paying dividends and in that <laughs> Kings game, it was amazing to see like I know a lot of it was being closed out because Randall got ejected from the two technicals, but closing out the game with five Knicks players that were drafted by the Knicks, it it, it was such a it was a sight for sore eyes. That's all Knicks fans have been asking for. That's what Tibbs has been giving us. So the criticism of Tibbs has definitely decreased. Now it's just hoping that this this really maintains. And uh, on top of just the defense, I want to really shout out the Knicks free throw shooting because they've been hitting those shots, going over eighty five percent in the last three games. If you look at those plus minuses, they're all 
all of them are positive, super positive. So it's it's looking good, man. The eye test is matching the statistics, and that's that's all you want to see. Yeah, man. Facts. That's facts all around, and really bringing Deuce and McBride, like you mentioned, Fai, is is, is helping. Deuce everybody. and McBride, his twins. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce Listen, and Grimes. If we got two of them, I take them, bro. I I'll take a whole ten-team squad of McBride, bro. Are you kidding me? God, what was I trying to say? We're taking over the country. Get out of here. Now. So yeah, Deuce so, and Grimes. So getting these two guys out is helping everyone all around, especially team-wise. But if you guys notice, RJ Barrett kind of struggles with defending certain guys who are shifty and quick. But when you have Grimes really taking over or Deuce guarding those guys, then it mm-hmm. kind of alleviates the pressure a bit on RJ having to guard those smaller guys and he can size up to, to bigger guys, more wing type of players. Um, my mindset for tips kind of shifted a little this past week because, you know, not, I'm not forgetting everything else that he's done this past season. This season, it's only been 25 games. It's, it's crazy to think Woo. it's only been like two months <laughs> and we're like, we're still, we've gone through so much already but the fact of the matter is i think i'm i want to root for tibbs now because i know a week ago we were rooting for him to get fired but that kind of led that's going to lead to so many other issues and the thing is that once a coach gets fired then the next step is to trade away players for that star player to save the front office's jobs does that Mm. i don't know if that makes sense but basically definitely front office like yeah, and we saw that we saw office. that for the last front office because they they fired Fizdale and then they were trying to get D'Angelo Russell by trading the whole boat, even though they said a couple months prior that they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to go for that quote unquote shiny object. But if if Tibbs were fired and the team still struggled, we would have lost out on all these guys that we have. We would have lost out on all our picks to go after a passes prime superstar. But if Tibbs continues to succeed, then that that kind of part is we, we don't have to worry about that and just let the team thrive with the young players that they have. And right now, we don't have any more vets. Uh, Rose is sitting out. Fournier is sitting out. Randall's really the oldest guy that's playing right now. Um, and we're, we ha- we're relying on our young guys, and they're, they're to their credit, they're performing well. And Tibbs is really utilizing them the right way and just picking up defense. Now, hopefully, they don't start crashing down because we got like three of them in walking boots right now, and that's alarming. And I'm... I, I just hope that as the games go on and these guys are putting in 40, 45 minutes a game, that that doesn't become a trend, especially for Brunson, because we all know how Tibbs likes to really drive down his point guards. And uh, But no, overall, my, my thoughts for the last four games, good, good all around. Randall is having a resurgent season. I'm still on the trade Randall boat. You sell high, you buy low. Randall right now is at a high point. We know his lows are extremely low, and I'd like to not have to go back to that. I'd rather just trade him right now and try to navigate away from him, especially while he's, while he's playing this way. I will say, though, last time you brought that up weeks back, I was like, you're bringing bad vibes around, and then like the whole season turned into bad vibes for a minute. So I'm blaming you if the shit turns bad right now. You just brought bad vibes into the conversation. If shit goes left, it's all you now. It's, not, it's documented. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you, you made a good point, especially about tips, because, and you know, folks will probably listen to this and then go back to our last episode and think like, yo, these guys are doing 180, but like, yo, like, I don't think it's being inconsistent. I think we had complaints and constructive criticism about Tibbs and yeah, we are non-experts, but he's answering the call and he's doing what we wanted. And that's what kind of, you know what I mean? That's like when you get new information, you assess your opinions, right? That's what a rational person with critical thinking skills does. Tibbs, you know what I mean? He, had, he actually did shit that I didn't think he would do this early. Like, yo, Fournier is collecting dust on the bench. His favorite D Rose not even playing. You know what I mean? His favorite D Rose. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Keep going. 
if I had wrote that, it probably would sound better. But I, I see what you mean. Because <laughs> you, you could have a least favorite D-Rose. Think about it. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it... How radical it is to say like, yeah, I want the I'm rooting for the head coach of the basketball team that I root for to also win. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what we hear now, and you know, I I can't co- complain too much. My one quibble, I think, and I want to know how y'all feel is just like I didn't like seeing like the the Sims and Hartenstein duo minutes. I figured that would have been a perfect opportunity with Ob out for Cam to be in that rotation and like either Sims or Hartenstein not play. And can be like what six eight six nine like he could be in the in the modern NBA. That's a power forward, right? I think it'd be a good opportunity. But we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like it could be a case of the front office being like, ah, nah, we're we're working on deals with Cam. Just don't get him hurt. You know what I mean? So that's that's probably like his one out. You know what I mean? So in that regard, I get it too. That that's like my quibble is just like, yo, why are you playing two big men together like it's nineteen seventy five? Like hey, we ain't got nobody else healthy. You know what I mean? So yeah. Good for you, Tibbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Thumbs eventually up. he got RJ to play the four, if I'm not mistaken. I think That got... right, right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? People he have been did. saying, like, yo, RJ could be a mean, like, a stretch four in small ball lineups. When he came into the league, and then when we got Tibbs, a lot of people were just like, that's not going to happen because Tibbs is, like, stuck in the prehistoric age, right? But now we're seeing at least, a, 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 like, a sneak peek. Like, you squint and you see RJ at the four. I didn't expect that in December 2022 mm-hmm. with Tibbs as the coach, but... You know what I mean? Like, this might be over-the-top, like, praise for Tibbs, but he did a good job. He's doing a good job, and he, like, he addressed, like, you know, the the bugaboos that were there that were, like, kind of sinking us for a minute. It's just, you know, fingers crossed it continues, and, you know, he doesn't revert back to just toxic habits like all addicts do. We give credit where credit is due, and credit is due to Tibbs, and we gave it. Randall, too, he had an all-star type of week. If he's able to maintain Mm -hmm. it, awesome. But, you know... Long term wise, whatever. I, I, already, I already made my point. I don't want to jinx it any further. No, I mean it's it's like you it's it's like you both both you guys said. Like we're rational fans. Like at the end of the day, Tibbs is gonna get criticism for the things he does wrong, and he's gonna get credit for the things he does right. And this week was a lot of right. But I'm just gonna remind fans that not too long ago we let up a, a 20 point lead on the Mavs where they shot you know like 63s and stuff. So that's Bring it up old shit, Tibbs. man. Get out of here. <laughs> That was a full two weeks ago. Yeah, that was last week. Bro. Come on now. <laughs> Get out of here. We don't need to talk I, about that. I, I'm trying to say that's still part of Tibbs coaching at the end of the day. And I, <laughs> no, I want to see right. a larger sample size before I completely jump back on the Tibbs bandwagon. And like, it's like you said, like it's so crazy, such a crazy thought for us to root for, you know, the coach of the basketball team. But you know, we obviously want them to be successful. We want them to do good, and even even if that means doing it in ways that we don't necessarily agree with. But it's awesome that it's going with ways that we agree with and it's trending in the right direction. And that's what I want to see. And you know, the next few games, they, they seem like manageable and winnable games and they're against teams in the East. So it, it's going to help you move up in the standings right yeah. now. And I think the Knicks are like sixth. I want to say last time I checked, I, I don't so. know yeah, if, other, if, other, if other teams won or lost and changed it, but Hey man, like the, like the, all we wanted from the season really was the, for the Knicks to be competitive and like stay in that like top high, higher play-in spot so that they could maybe make it into the playoffs with home home court advantage. With the youth like having a big part of that, right? And that's what we're right. seeing. You know right. what I mean? That's what oh. we're seeing, and we're gonna, we're gonna have to give credit where it's due. And one more thing about Randall, he took accountability. We heard today or yesterday was it from a press conference where he 
admitted that it was his fault for getting too hot-headed and then getting ejected out of the game against the Kings. That was very crazy, low, bro. I had very low expectation. Bro, bro, I had to, bro, I had to look out my window just to make sure Porky Pig wasn't, like, flying by. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, is this happening? Uh, my power forward is any accountability? Very <laughs> low expectations. Like, obviously, you know, you get two technicals on the one of the dumbest ejections on, on a, one of your best, like, halves in your entire career potentially could have been your best game of your career against, you know, this Kings defense. But, like, I, I, I'll digress. I, I will appreciate the, the accountability where we get it. Yeah. It, it was good. If the Knicks win against the Bulls tomorrow, that's going to be a five-game winning streak, which is, I think, the second time they did that in, like, a decade. And the, mm. o- the only other team that had that five-game winning streak was that nine-game winning streak when Tiz was coached for the first time two years ago. So... He knows how to win. He's just so stubborn. But now that his back was against the wall, he had no choice but to be a valid coach and actually do what he knows he needs to do and just fucking swallow his pride and just do it. And he but see, that, that's why it. I really want to see the sample size because I feel like this entire season has been that. It's been four games of like, wow, like this is yeah, what we want to see. Yeah. And then another four games of the Dallas game or like the Hawks game or like different games like that where we're losing these these like 20-point leads. And I, I'm, I know like we're, we're – I'm not trying to get too negative on Tibbs. Like, I hope everyone knows that we're, we're trying to stay positive. But, like, remember, this calendar year was the one where Tibbs gave up four or five different 20-point leads where the team could have won. So that's exactly why I'm not, like, completely full-on train aboard on the, the Tibbs train. But, like, I, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the good things as they come. And I'm hoping for more positive because a lot of these things are still coming with our players not playing to their full potential we still mm. haven't seen rj completely unlocked yet quinn Grimes still hasn't had the three completely be falling for him and we, we've come. seen like we've seen yeah exactly it'll come and we've seen these like streaks from them so I, i'm excited to see this team at their full potential to see what they can really be but i'm gonna say i'm gonna agree with you guys randall right now has been playing at an elite level like all-star type of level and if they keep it up if they stay in the top six seed i don't see no i don't see a reason why jalen brunson and randall can't potentially get voted into the all-star you know i know it's a little early for that but you, you yeah. keep it up like this why not for real but 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 to kind of like carry on your your objective kind of motif right there i've been having it soak for a little bit right now but let me just throw this wet blanket on everything because he's making these adjustments and we're seeing these good things against weak competition right. you know what i mean and the hawks had a couple of key guys injured Dejounte murray left early uh, DeAndre Hunter didn't play. You know I what see mean? locker room all together, by the way. Exactly, right? So it's just like, yeah, that's kind of like the wet blanket on this whole situation right now. And that goes to the whole idea of small sample sizes. Like, like this is unrelated, but, you know, fuck the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I mean? But that QB, Jalen Hurts, he said one of his quotes this week was just like, yo, you never get too high, never get too low. Keep that even kill. You know what I mean? And, you know, at the top of the league right now in the NFL. Even kill is something that like I aspire to do, but it's the Knicks make it hard, and it's hard when these small sample sizes. You just feel like, oh yo, which we're the Golden State Warriors now, you know what I mean? But then the two weeks later, we're like, uh, okay, fold the team, you know what I mean? <laughs> sell, sell, sell us off for spare parts, you know what I mean? But yeah. Well, the Knicks are still exactly what we said they were. They're like a mid team. They're fourteen and thirteen, one game above. The frustrating part for us as Knicks fans is we expected them to be right there. We just had the expectation that a few of these games, like the Cavs game, the Mavs game, the Hawks game, where you're above, you gotta you gotta execute and you gotta close those games out. So then we could have potentially been right now seventeen and like you know it, it would have been it would have been a huge difference. We could have been much higher up and especially like in a competitive East that would have made that would have made all the difference. So uh, like they're exactly where they belong and 
they're beating like it, it definitely does suck that these wins that they're getting against are against these teams like that but they're, they're executing like in terms of like mm-hmm. you should be beating a team of the kings without exactly. De'Aaron fox you exactly. should be beating a hawks team that's going through this locker room commotion so credit to them where it's due it's just we just want to see a little bit more so we can push them over the edge and really secure that play-in spot that we really want to see them take. and i don't really think knicks fans are asking for anything that crazy like that out of pocket there's no expectation for a top six seed even like i know that that's a hope for that but that's not an expectation the expectation is more like top end play and then i think the knicks can achieve it i'm, 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 yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm like, gonna be optimistic and say that they're gonna achieve it us right here like i feel like we've been pretty grounded as far as the trio we know what this front office and with tips they're not gonna do the whole tanking thing so like we threw that idea out the window because that's just like fucking screaming into the void it's not gonna do some shit right but so if you're gonna go to this like we're gonna slowly bring back respectability to the franchise by incrementally getting better and becoming a better team that way then do it right that's all we wanted like do it right as in like make sure these young guys are being put in the optimal positions they're actually just playing you know what i mean and now obviously small sample size we've seen it this week and the whole thing is just fingers crossed it it continues on but to your point and you have brought up the the games we got coming up you know we got a double header against chicago and then indiana We've, we've been here before this season where it's just like, you know, looking ahead to the schedule, there are some winnable games, and then those are the moments where it's just like, you know, you want to punch a, punch a hole through your TV, you know what I mean, where we lose these shits. This is like the delicate part of the season now, you know what I mean, like this this little small portion of like uh, uh, cupcake teams coming up, if we could carry on to like win five, six, seven in a row, or at least like go two and one in this three-game stretch, that to me tells me like we're turning... It may be like kind of the Titanic turning on water, like a slow, gradual turn, but we're turning in the right direction. You know what I mean? So I won't be looking out for that. What do you think, Ma? Yeah, I mean, from the record, it looked like they were better. They played better on the road than at home, but it looks like they kind of had this vibe going where they where they want to keep every team under 100 points, and that's kind of a target that they have mentally. And they, they did it, what, three games in a row so far? And RJ made it a point during his post-game interview. He's like, yo, we kept them under 100 points. And that the Knicks are the only team this season that kept the Kings under 100 points. Like That's something to rejoice over. That's that's a positive. That's something to be optimistic about. And granted, no De'Aaron Fox, but whatever. Like you, you take what you take. What yeah, you details. Know, it's it's minor just, details. That, that yeah, sentence yeah. to me was just so crazy to hear. Like you know, Knicks fans should rejoice that we kept the Kings. They're <laughs> not it's Kings. Like, Mike like, Brown's yeah. Kings. <laughs> In context, it, it makes sense. But like you know, when you hear the sentence, or like, the NBA is goofy as hell. Because <laughs> like but, I was nodding along too, yeah. and then like Fai just pointed out, God damn, three years no, ago I, if I said that sentence, I would have been put in the asylum. Yeah, you told me this at the beginning of the season, I would have been. But I mean, like to your guys' point, like it's like the Knicks are in these dog fights, and like the whole thing is like you don't have the room for error, like the the the, the errors and mistakes that they're making. They really have to execute and not make those little mistakes, so that they can like optimize the little bit of progress that they have, you know. So, and I see the optimization happening. Positive vibes, good vibes only, you know. Vibes might be approaching there. immaculate again. Maybe too soon to say, but we'll see. We'll Let's see. get Jalen Brunson back in the lineup. That's the only way we can exactly. Keep, uh, yeah, back, fuck these walking the... boots. You know what I mean? I, I want to see them like come out to MSG like fucking like like Kevin Nash in the walking boots and just kick that shit off and just go <laughs> dunk. That'd be fire. That'd be fire. You know what I mean? Imagine like Obi walks on to the to warm us in a walking boot, just like kicks it off and there's like a 360 dunk, and then dunks the walking boot. That'd be fire. <laughs> anyway, anyway, are we ready to move on to? I mean, this is kind of negative, but it's like negative in like the, uh, a good way. But our yeah, shit list of the week. Come on, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Shit list of the week. We ready? Yeah. We got like a collective 
agreement on uh, who's going to make the shit list this week. You know what I mean? Y'all I want me like, to be the one to say it or not? Yeah, of Go course. But it. before we say it, like, I'm going to preface it. I feel like the, the shit list we've been doing so far, it's like people that we've had on the shit list for like two, three years. And we're like slowly just like, you know, bringing them Venting. out. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing for it, though. This is like unloading like in your first therapy session. And the guy's just like, yo, just ask your name. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> but no, anyway, the shit list this week, you know, we had a good week. So it's not anybody on the Knicks. It is Trey Young, though. This motherfucker, this goofy Keebler elf motherfucker with alopecia in his bones put King of Broadway on his sneakers and then promptly got stunned at MSG. Right near Broadway, too. So, like, you know what I mean? Fuck Trey Young. Like, he's he's on the shit list just because he could have just made the shit list because of, of his face. But, like, it was this, this, this egregious act that put him on the list this week. How y'all feel? Y'all agree? Yeah, he, he wore those Come shoes on, and went nine for twenty <laughs> and lost by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm just gonna say, like, outside of that playoff series, which warranted, like, yeah, good for them, but like, outside of that, Trey Young has done dog shit against the Knicks at, like, in general, like his career, like, standings against the Knicks are not great. So, kudos to you guys for that that Eastern Conference run, but like. How long are we gonna hold on to that for? Let's move on. Like, let's move on to other shit. Like, this King of Broadway shit is so corny. Like, stay in your lane. Figure out your fucking coaching situation. Figure out your locker room before you start doing this King of Broadway shit in fucking MSG. Like, that shit is whack, bro. Like, I I, I like Trey Young as a player overall. Like, you know his, his good game player, is cool yeah. and all, but like good player. But like this, that shit is corny, bro. Like, we're reaching John Morant's level of corny right now. <laughs> it's hella corny, but I will say like. Some of our now one particular motherfucker in our fan base deserves like probably like the fault for this. The motherfucker, the idiot that spit on Trey Young, that's a line oh, you don't cross. Man. But like that's the type of shit that probably emboldened Trey to be like, I will be the villain now. <laughs> you know what I mean, his little Keebler elf he, voice. He definitely you know laughs mean? just like that. One thousand percent. You know what I mean? With it, with his fucking peanut butter in the roof of his mouth voice. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Mo? Trey Young. Any other takes? Trey's balding. Oh, I should have said that I'm balding too. Yo, <laughs> yeah, but that's why we can say it. You know what I mean? We just <laughs> Trey, take me to Turkey with you. Let's get these hairlines fixed, man. Come on, you got the money for it. He, yo, exactly. What, what, what is he waiting for? Like a supermax bag? Get the fuck out of here. It's, it's pride at this point. <laughs> we, see, we see LeBron's hairline, man. We know what you could do. Come on. Like... All right. We'll have plenty of time to cook yeah. Trayon, but are that's, we... That's the beauty, oh, that's that's the beauty you... of the shit list. Literally anybody and anything can go on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trayon, you made yeah. the shit list. A few yeah. years back, but you made the shit list. <laughs> He's been on the list, to be honest. Now it's just like, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. You know what I mean? Like, as Chris Jericho said, you've been made the list. Actually, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but, like, you know. Let's neither here nor there. Now, the positive one. We uh, I've alluded to it earlier. We had given this man his props. But people's champ of the week, I feel like there's no question this week. Ironically enough, given how we feel about this certain player going back a couple years now. But y'all want me to do the honors? You know what I mean? The biggest means, Rocky stand please. here. People's champ this week is one Julius Randle. Who is not much we could, like, there's not much I could quibble with, you know what I mean, as far as, like, he's not a perfect player, and that's the thing, maybe his fanboys thought we wanted him to be for perfect, but <clears throat> he's playing efficient basketball as the offense of the team, and we did not see that before, even going back to, like, the COVID season, right? So, yeah, I gotta give him his props, I think, I may have mentioned it on the pod, or I may have mentioned it offline, who knows, 
having like his most efficient season in like years. And this is more impressive than like when he was doing it with New Orleans because like he has a high usage as a playmaker for us, right? So yeah, kudos to people's champ. I feel it's well deserved. How y'all feel? Yeah, bro. Most most definitely. If, if a Knicks player is in the running for Eastern Conference Player of the Week, he's definitely eligible to be a People's Champ here at Nickish. I mean, he he had 27 points at the half at Sacramento. Honestly, if he didn't get ejected and got a couple more points, he probably would have gotten that honors of, of Eastern Conference Player of the Week. But nah, man, like he he stepped up big time, shooting efficiently, like you said. But he's being a leader as well. He took accountability yesterday for his actions, and that's something that we were begging for, dying for last season, just to just to say that you're that I'm not doing the right thing. I'm being emotional, and I need to step up. And that's and that's what he's doing now. So credit to him killed it this this week he's a big reason he's the, arguably the biggest reason why we're on a four game winning streak right now and um i just hope he can keep it up i'm gonna key in on it we talked about it earlier but five out of the six games of the last six games he's shooting 100 percent from the free throw line wow that's, 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 that's a huge that. deal that's that's a huge deal you know getting things like that done is what we're looking for and you know maybe the three point uh the three point shot isn't completely falling for him there's a few games where he went one for seven three for eleven but that's fine he's been still finding ways to be effective you know having the back-to-back 30 point games and wins against charlotte and and atlanta you know also grabbing 17 rebounds in that atlanta game five assists mm. and he could have had basically three games back to back to back with over 30 points if he didn't have that blunder in that Kings in that Kings game and if we didn't come out with the win I think I would have put him on the shit list this week just for that if we lost and he got ejected or whatnot but the Knicks were able to come through like low-key like if you give a runner-up to the, the people's champ it, it's got to be Tibbs you know he he's found ways to make Julius Randle effective and I know we're getting crazy. I know I'm getting like super <laughs> hype and super crazy like the difference the stark difference in a week a week of conversations right but like it's the truth. It's the reality. And if we can get this from Randall, I'd love to see it continue. Not to put the wet blanket on it. Like, I am still with Mo in terms of, like, if you can get value for him, like, I wouldn't mind, like, seeing it. Because fool me once, shame on me. You know, fool me twice, shame on you type of shit. So, like, we've seen this before. I'm not, like, really excited about it. But, like, at the same time, I'm, I'm happy that he's doing it on our team right now. At least he's getting the value up, you know? Yeah, and it's just, like... I echo everything you said, and what it comes down to, Drew, is at least for me personally, aesthetically, he's not my preference to watch as a player. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's hard to argue an aesthetic merit when the efficiency is so clear-cut there. And that was the case this week. The productivity is there. There's less of his antics, antics or whatever. He hasn't broken a laptop, iPhone, or an iPad that I've heard. You know what I mean? So... Thing, things are looking up in, in the world of Julius and, you know, whatever offseason work he did as far as, like, you know, the, the MSG broadcast would not stop talking about it when the season started about, like, what he's doing with, like, you know, his mental well-being. All that's dope, too. So it's good to see, like, you know, fruits of his labor. You know what I mean? And that in itself is a labor that I feel like gets under-talked about as far as, like, addressing your mental health issues and mental wellness and the fact that somebody in Julius's position with that much money and that much clout brought her, like, took that on to at least, you know, ensure he had a better season. He deserves admiration for that. He may have gone a little corny and cheesy when the broadcast kept, like, you know what I mean, bringing it up. But, nah, like, facts. He gets credit for that. And, yeah, well-deserved people's champ. Yeah. The second ever Nickish people's champ. <laughs> yeah. And while his play isn't as aesthetically pleasing as we'd like, there's just something about a guy who just gets on a hot streak, especially in one quarter. I think especially for Knicks fans, because we got so spoiled by watching Melo for so many years because we'd see it game in, game out, where he just light up teams, drop like 20 in a row. 
and we didn't really get to see that since Melo left. And with Randall doing it against the Kings, like that's just it's just there's a there's a there's a bit of a beauty to it that I think that he's making one buck after another after another. You just can't miss. It doesn't look pretty, but there's still a little bit of a niceness to it. I mean, I think that's the thing with me. Even when he's hot, I just don't like how his shot looks <laughs> or how look, anything looks. But hey, if it's effective, you know what I mean. Like, that's as a pre- as, that's as a preference thing. As long as the thing. ball is going through the hoop, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close my eyes and just just roll with it. I'm gonna take it. I think it just might be a bias because look, maybe lefties just shoot uglier. Hey, you know what I mean? I don't hey. know. Uh, RJ, well, Pre- present company I will, excluded. I will say I'll say Jalen Brunson is is probably the one who will be like, nah, his his shot looks. Nah, his shit is pretty. His his pretty. is so pretty. I don't realize he's a lefty. His, his, <clears> that's skill. Everything about his game, like even like uh, you know like. You're you're seeing it like when he's trying to draw fouls, like he draws the foul, comes back, and then still just nothing but net, just goes straight scoops in. It's so it's so much fun to watch, man. And like like I said earlier, I alluded to it earlier. Like if the Knicks like if they stay in this top six seating and like Jalen Brunson and Randall are playing the way they are, I don't see any reason that both of them can't make the All Star game, especially with the way Knicks fans are and the way the media gets when the Knicks are playing well. Yeah. I think my shot's broken because I feel like no two lefties have the same shot form. So as a kid, I used to try to mimic Ginobili, and then I saw Derek Fisher doing his thing. I'm like, yo, let me try to shoot like Fisher. That fucked uh, up. Nah, Fisher, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then Harden <laughs> shoots one way, and then RJ, Randall, Brunson, they all shoot three different ways, but they're all lefties. So, like, my shot's completely broken. But no, nah, I think mostly I, I, try to, I try to resemble Ginobili with my shot. Greatest lefty okay. player in NBA history. It's okay, bro. I'll I'll, I'll shoot okay. shoot some videos of me shooting some hoops. I'll, I'll I'll mirror the image so it looks like I'm a lefty. I'll send it to you. You just copy that. <laughs> Listen, most shot might be Ginobili, but my hairline is definitely Ginobili. Hey, <laughs> oh my gonna be like, he's coming with a self-deprecating. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Someone called me Evan Fournier after I got my hair cut, and my heart yo, sank yo, to the ground. Was, I was yo, like, that, what? I think that might have been me. Happy. <laughs> I want you to take the hat off the yeah. pod right now, okay? No. <laughs> Alright, take us home mobile before where we go left. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of Nickish. Make sure you give us that five star review on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, all that. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. And uh, yeah, make sure you tune in for episode next week. Check out our website, nick-ish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish apparel. Cleanest Knicks fan apparel in the market. Uh, Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.